The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, as always, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and we're here today to discuss the Week 7 matchup between your struggling New York Giants and your also struggling Carolina Panthers, who have lost three straight games, and here to help me... uh, Break things down. Take a look at this matchup is Bradley Smith of SB Nation's Cat Scratch Reader. Bradley, thank you very, very much for uh, for hopping on with me. Well, thank you for having me. Hey, so, you know, I was looking at this matchup and I can't help but think that these two teams might not necessarily be mirror images of each other because they're they're a little bit different in terms of of the on-field product but there's so many things that are intertwined with these two teams that it's it's kind of weird for me I mean you have the fact that Dave Gettleman was general manager of the Panthers and is now GM of the Giants you have the the idea that that both teams have highly drafted, you know, star running backs, both actually drafted by Dave Gettleman, you know, both who are hurt at this point in time. And, and, you know, there's just some, some eerie sort of similarity there. You have two, you know, still fairly young quarterbacks trying to establish themselves as, as top tier sort of franchise quarterbacks Plus, you have the head coaching situation with Matt Rule, who so many people thought would wind up with the Giants, and and we kind of believe was was the Giants' first you know main target for the head coaching job. Wound up in Carolina. Joe Judge winds up in New York. So there's that sort of sort of you know parallel thing going on with with both of them being on the field Sunday. Uh, do you do you sort of see? how these two franchises are sort of sort of intertwined in, in so many of these ways as well? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head perfectly. I mean, you know, you if you look at the standings, you're going to see two records that are not the same, and you're going to think that these two teams are not 
really that closely related or or that intertwined but like you pointed out all of those things are true and all of those things uh they they are shared between the two franchises um especially the dave gettleman link uh he is he's building the giants the same way he tried to build the panthers and you're having about as much success with it as we did yeah i take it you uh you were not a, a gettleman fan not really. Uh, I mean, he had, there were some things that he did that were good, but at the same time, he kind of lucked into, uh, in, into the position he was in. Like, you know, it's not really, it's not really that big of a, a an accomplishment to draft Christian McCaffrey in the first round. Um, it's not really a big accomplishment when, when he drafted star Latula at 14th overall. I mean, he just got lucky that 13 other teams passed on him. You know, it, it's things like that. I mean, he's responsible for drafting both Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches in the same draft class. And those two guys were essentially the same player. Uh, he drafted Vernon Butler who didn't work out for us. He wasted a first round pick on him. So there you know, he never built an offensive line for Cam Newton. Um, it's, you know, there's just a myriad of things that that he did that kind of we're still trying to dig out of of that hole. It's it's interesting with with Dave because the the Panthers obviously had some success, you know, with, with Dave as their GM, but Cam Newton was already there. Luke Keekley was already there. The cornerstone pieces were already in place, if I remember correctly, when Dave took over there. So, so it's not necessarily what he did, although he did make the decision to keep Ron Rivera, you know, as the head coach. But it wasn't necessarily that Dave built, you know, what Carolina had. He he may have, you know, in some ways added to it, but but a good chunk of it was already in place when he, when he took the job. Do I remember that correctly? Yes, you do. I mean, it, uh, you know, Marty Herney built the majority of, of what Dave Gettleman inherited. I mean, he drafted Cam Newton, he drafted Luke Keekley. He, he was the, the GM that, that really built the, the, the 2015 team that went 15 and one Dave Gettleman didn't really build much of that roster right so let's talk a little bit more about sort of the the current day giants current day panthers and i think the first thing we need to talk about is matt rule obviously there was expectation before the 2020 season a lot of people thought that matt rule was sort of headed to the giants i mean when you look at it you know rule took two downtrodden college programs at Temple and Baylor and rebuilt those programs, sort of the same situation that the Giants were in, where they needed somebody to come in, somebody who, who was, would be able to, you know, to turn around a, a struggling franchise. Rule's a New York City kid. He's, he's got ties to the Giants because he worked for Tom Coughlin for a year, so the organization knows him. There were just... You, you you start connecting the dots and you think it, it makes perfect sense. He's the right candidate at the right time. 
And then David Tepper swoops in with seven, seven year, $60 million offer that the Giants wanted nothing to do with matching. You know, and here we are. Matt Rule is in Carolina. Joe Judge is Giants head coach. And both, you know, neither team has had overwhelming success in the year and a half that that uh, we've seen, you know, those guys running their respective teams. The question is, from where you sit, was David Tepper's money well spent? Will Matt Rule be the guy who gets, you know, Carolina on the right path and be a, a long-term you know, winning head coach for the Panthers? I think the answer to that question is largely dependent on if the Panthers, whether it be Sam Darnold or a player to be named later, if they can find a quarterback to replace Cam Newton. Uh, We did not handle Cam Newton's exit the way we probably should have. And while Teddy Bridgewater was an attractive option, if you just look at what he did with the Saints, the, the, the move to Teddy Bridgewater was at best a lateral move. And, you know, so much so that they gave up on that experiment after just one year and then traded for Sam Darnold. And the first three games of the year, it was starting to look like, hey, maybe Adam Gase and the Jets were the problem and Sam Darnold is actually a potential franchise guy and there's something there. But over the last three weeks, we've seen him slowly but surely morph back into the guy that he was with the Jets. And we're still we're sitting here wondering, you know, what what Sam Darnold do we have? And if Matt Rule can turn his career around, if Matt Rule can get the first three weeks of the year, Sam Darnold back, uh, and if that can continue for the rest of this year and next year, I think that the the money for Matt Rule will be well spent. Uh, if Sam Darnold continues to decline and turns into the the guy that everybody has said he is, then I don't think the money is going to be well spent. And I don't know how much more of a leash uh, David Tepper is going to give Matt Rule with picking quarterbacks. You know, th- if if Darnold doesn't work out, this will be zero for two in quarterbacks and you don't last in the NFL very long. If you can't find, evaluate, grow, develop a quality starting quarterback. And my biggest concern is that's where Matt rule is going to end up that we're going to see, you know, a year from now, another rebuild because he's David Tepper is desperate to win. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't want it to go that way, obviously, but I'm starting to think that maybe Matt Rule is more suited for college than the NFL. Interesting, interesting stuff. What makes you say, I I did read some things about Matt Rule. um, I think it was on actually on Panthers.com, and it may have been a a piece that was written in the summer, maybe at the at the beginning of training camp or right before training camp started where he was talking about the difference in dealing with, 
with college athletes versus pro athletes. And obviously there's a huge difference because you're dealing with, with kids versus, you know, highly paid you know, grown men, but is there something about his program? Is there something about his personality? Is there something about the way that he approaches practices or the day-to-day, you know, that, that you can see that, that leads you to think that maybe he's, he's really a college coach. Well, I, I don't know if I could nail it down to one specific thing. Um, and I don't know how much of this is true. And I don't know how much of this is just sour grapes from a guy that was, that was traded in the off season. But Teddy Bridgewater said, you know, when he got to Denver that Matt rule never really practiced the two minute drill or the red zone drill uh, in practice. And that's one of the reasons why the Panthers struggled so much with it last year. And Matt Rule always talks about the process. He uses that phrase in nearly everything he says. He talks about that building the team is a process, doing the things the right way is a process, everything that you do is a process. And to me, it, it comes across as something that you would it would be easier to get that message across to a bunch of 18 year old kids when you're trying to rebuild a program at a school like Temple or Baylor or, you know, any of the other colleges out there that, that need somebody like that. And I I feel like it's less effective for grown men who make millions of dollars a year uh, to, to play football. I just, I don't want to say that he is, you know, he's not NFL caliber, but there's a lot of times where he makes, he makes decisions on the sideline that you can get away with doing it in college, but you can't really do it when the, when the team you're playing is, is also a a professional team full of, you know, paid million dollar athletes that, that compete and are um, either above or at your level. And I just, I don't know. Um, So I think my, my biggest thing is I'm just hopeful that he's not really a, um, I don't want to use a cliche, but you know, he's not a, like a, just a college coach, um, because he has NFL experience, you know, he was a, um, I believe he was part of the giants organization back before he took the temple job. I think it was your offensive line assistant or something like that. Right. Um, I think it was 2012 or something like that, where he, he was part of Tom Coughlin's staff. And it, it's funny, Bradley, as I sit and listen to you talk, I think about Joe judge because we hear process over results Mm-hmm. week after week after week after week from Joe judge to the point where it's tiresome to the point where I'm sorry, Joe, you're seven and 15 in 22 games. Don't tell me every week about how, how we did some good things and we got better this week and we got, we did, you know, we're, we're getting better. Don't tell me that because when you get beat by 51 points, you know, combined in the last two weeks, the results on the field aren't showing that, that there's any improvement, that, that there's anything being built. And, and I think it, it, it sounds like you and I are kind of in the same place with our head coaches where it's like, I don't want to hear about process anymore. You're in your second season. It's time to begin showing some actual results. Yes, exactly. Like, you know, process works in college because, 
when he was hired at Baylor, he was hired right after the Art Briles scandal. And he had to rebuild that program from the ground up, like literally from the ground up. So process works there. When you're an NFL franchise, process does not work. You have a short window of opportunity to win a Super Bowl. And that is the whole point of playing the game. As Herm Edwards would say, you play to win the game. I don't need to know about the process and what you're you're building. I need to know that we're going to start winning football games. Um, We are let's see, we're eight and uh, 14 uh, in two or one and a half years. You know, we went five and 11 last year. We're three and three now, and we're 0 and three in our last three games. And we lost two games straight to, to teams that quite frankly, we should have beaten. We should have beaten the Eagles and we should have won the Vikings game because the Vikings did everything they could to let us win. And it just, to me, saying it's all about the process, it comes across as shallow when the things that you're doing in that process don't lead to positive results. It, it sounds so familiar to me because the Giants lost two games. They started the season 0-3, and they, they lost a game to Denver, and okay, Denver started really well, and the Giants had a lot of players who – who didn't practice a whole lot in training camp. And I didn't feel like the Giants were really prepared, you know, to put together a winning effort in week one. But they lost a game week two to the Washington football team that they cost themselves with by dropping touchdown passes, making some head scratching decisions, uh, you know, and and by jumping offside on what would have been the last play of the game on a field goal that Washington missed, you know, giving them a second opportunity. They lost in week three to it, to the Atlanta Falcons who no offense to any Falcons fans who somehow may have stumbled across this particular podcast. You guys are, you guys are lost by the way, if you're, if you're looking for Falcons information, you're lost, but the Falcons are a terrible football team. And, and, You know, no one should lose to the Falcons. And yet the Giants managed to screw up Eli Manning's ring of honor slash Jersey retirement ceremony day by losing to Atlanta by dropping three interceptions. And so so it it feels kind of like the same thing. I don't want to hear about process. You know, I want to hear you know, why didn't you win a game that you're supposed to win? Exactly. You know, I, I'm willing to cut him a little small sliver of, of slack because we have been without Christian McCaffrey. And I want to say it was Hassan Reddick that said this, um, we're not the Carolina Christian McCaffrey's. Well, it turns out that we are um, because we're Owen three, without Christian McCaffrey we're three and O with Christian McCaffrey and and you can't have one guy be that important that's not the quarterback you can't have one guy be that important to your team but I just I'm with you I'm I'm tired about hearing about the process when you when you punt on fourth and one from midfield I'm tired of hearing about the process when you 
don't trust your offense to go for it on fourth down or when you don't know how to manage your timeouts and the clock or when your quarterback thinks that you can call a timeout on back-to-back plays those things I don't I don't want to know about the process when when you're doing basic fundamental things wrong I want to know when are you going to win when are you going to turn this ship around and I mean I I honestly I don't know with especially you know considering the Giants are on a streak of losing two games in a row by a combined total of 51 points I still don't know for a hundred percent fact if the Panthers can even win this game on Sunday. Uh, I I'm not confident. I mean, of course I'm going to pick the Panthers cause I'm going to be a Homer, but I don't know if we can win this game. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen on Sunday because I don't have any confidence that, that we're the process is working. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You mentioned Christian McCaffrey, and that's another thing that I wanted to get into. Because one of the parallels is that you have McCaffrey and the Giants have Saquon Barkley. And of course, I think McCaffrey was the eighth overall pick. I think in 2017, Barkley was the number two overall pick in 2018. Both, you know, wonderful, wonderful players when they're completely healthy. The, The Panthers... Before the 2020 season, after McCaffrey had his his huge um, all-pro season in 2019, the Panthers went ahead and gave McCaffrey a big, four, I think it was four-year, $64 million contract. The Giants are now in that situation with Saquon Barkley, where he's in his fourth year of his contract. He's not going to get that mega contract right now because he's coming off the torn ACL. 
and and he needs to he needs to show that he's still Saquon Barkley. But they're facing that. Do we give him the big contract or do we do we move on? Do we try to lowball him and get him to stay? So the question you know, for you from the Carolina perspective is with Christian McCaffrey. You know, running backs don't always have the longest shelf lives in the world. Is there at this point, is there regret over the the big money given to McCaffrey? Yes and no. Um, obviously, giving him that much money has not paid off because he hasn't played in 16 of the 22 games that Matt Rule has coached. Christian McCaffrey has been injured and not played. So it goes back to the classic adage, do not pay running backs. And I almost want to give Matt Rule credit that they are going to potentially move on because we did draft Chuba Hubbard this year. And he has been, I don't, I don't want to say great because he hasn't been great. He's been decently good enough and you can win in the NFL with a running back by committee. I mean, several teams do it. So I do think there's a possibility that we will move on from Christian McCaffrey. And I do think that there's a possibility that we're not going to pay a running back again, like we paid Christian McCaffrey. Um, At the time, I thought it was a good deal because McCaffrey is both a running back and a receiver. He's very good out of the backfield. He can line up out wide. He can line up in the slot. He can catch you know, the wheel route and all that. He's, he's useful in multiple spots on the field, but the best ability is availability. And he just hasn't had that since he got paid. Yeah, it's uh, it's a very difficult situation. And what I find interesting is I simply find that, that it becomes very, very difficult to build your franchise around a running back it because it just the the shelf life you know isn't there and the the running game isn't the the primary focus for most teams anymore unless you're the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry so it's a it's a very difficult thing to do to try to build your offense build your franchise around a running back even ones like Barkley and McCaffrey who are so useful in the passing game it's just a uh, it sort of flies in the face of the way that most teams build their offenses right now. Yes, exactly. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it, we're, it's a passing league now. And I mean, it's just, I, I, I don't know the, the running back is a dying breed and I, I like Christian McCaffrey. Don't get me wrong. I think he's great. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know how much longer he's going to be on the roster. Yeah, it's a tough call with running backs, and and I'm really interested to see what the Giants do. I mean, there are people right now calling for the Giants to trade Barkley at the trade deadline, which I just don't see that happening at this point for two reasons. First of all, you know he's hurt again right now, and you've got the trade deadline in less than two weeks. 
And if you were to try to trade Saquon Barkley right now, you would be trading him. You would be be you would be trading him at a low point in his value. If you know, for me, if the Giants are ever going to make that move, you've got to get him healthy. You've got to let him play the second half of the season. You've got to let him reestablish his value, and then you've got to go out in the off season and maximize that value and get the best deal that you can, which I don't think you can get in the next week and a half. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think that the Giants can get really anything for Saquon Barkley right now. The only, the only thing they would maybe be able to do is convince the Ravens to trade something for him because they're buried up with injuries at running back. But, but you can also just sign a guy, a guy off the street for nothing. Uh, in that in in their situation so like like you said I don't think they're going to maximize his value within the next two weeks Uh, now there is a chance they could do that in the offseason you know um, maybe trade him for a a couple of picks but it's it's hard because I don't know how many teams are willing to trade anything for a running back anymore even a a guy at Saquon Barkley's level because he is when he's healthy one of the the premier backs in the league but you know, you can just draft a guy in the fourth round at, at this point and just have three guys on your depth chart that that are all on rookie contracts and just, you know, switch them out and use all three of them in the same game instead of having one guy shoulder the load. You know, I unless you have a guy like Derrick Henry, um, like the Titans do, I don't think that the traditional one workhorse running back system is going to be around very much longer. I hear you on that. Hey, let's talk a little bit more about uh, about another player on the Carolina roster, guy who I thought might wind up with the Giants in free agency during the offseason, and that would be Hassan Reddick. I was a little bit worried about Reddick you know, as a free agent and about spending big money to, to bring him in because he really had – the one big season in Arizona, and he really had the one big game, which happened to be against the Giants, and it happened to be a five-sack game against New York where Daniel Jones was playing in a game he shouldn't have been playing in. He was playing in a game when he was playing with a bad hamstring. He couldn't move. He was a sitting duck in the pocket. He couldn't really defend himself, and Arizona knew exactly where he was going to be. And, you know, and Jones couldn't get out of the way of any hits, but, but Reddick, it looks like is, is being a difference maker for Carolina. So just tell me a little bit about, about what the Panthers are getting from, from Hassan Reddick. Well, I think the one key thing about Hassan Reddick is that Phil Snow, our defensive coordinator is putting him where he likes to play, which is on the edge, rushing the passer. Uh, I'm not a, a, I'm not hugely familiar with his time with the Cardinals, but my limited research on the subject told me that they tried to make him just a standard linebacker, and he's not a standard just linebacker in a 4-3 defense. He is a pass rusher, and Phil Snow is letting him rush the passer and is paying off in huge dividends. He has – Oh, I can't remember right off the top of my head now, but it's like five sacks, I think. Um, I actually think it's six and a half. It might be six and a half. Yeah, it's it, he is he's off to a 
a blistering start and he's only 26 years old which surprised me I thought he was older than that uh, he's setting himself up for a long-term contract whether it be with the Panthers or someone else uh, but it it's, all goes back to to the connection with Matt Rule. He played for him in college and he you know it we were we had an inside advantage because of that and we were one of the few teams that were willing to offer him a, a one-year contract so i i'm glad we did i really hope they sign him long term i i hope that, you know for reasonable rate and he has been a breath of fresh air on the defense him and brian burns have a a friendly wager between the two of them, whichever one of them gets the most sacks this year, the other one has to buy him a golf cart. And so they are both competing in that race and Reddick is currently winning. Um, but it, it has, it has opened up a lot of, um, of plays for the defense. Now we haven't seen in the last couple of weeks, it hasn't really paid off as much because we lost, our rookie corner, JC Horn to a season ending foot injury, uh, you know, but overall we, we've rebuilt the defense in two years. And a lot of that is, is because of Hassan Reddick. Oh, I, wait a minute. I have to stop you. I have to ask, did you say golf cart? Because I'm 61 years old and I would like a golf cart, but these, these are young guys. They don't need golf carts. Couldn't yeah. they have, you know, a golf cart. Yep, they have a bet that whoever the loser has to buy the winner a golf cart. They made the bet. Are, are they sending it to me? <laughs> or can they I mean, send I it to me? Put in a word. I don't know how <laughs> it's go, but I mean, I can try. Oh, I don't know. I tell my I play a lot of golf. I tell my wife all the time. I said there's going to come a time when I when I when I get to an age and I get to a point where I'm going to need that golf cart, but Yeah. <laughs> But but anyway, hey, let's talk a little bit about Sunday's game in particular. You and I sound like we're both sort of in the same place with our teams, despite, you know, a, a little bit of a difference in records. Giants one and five, Panthers three and three. I'll be honest with you. I am not picking the Giants to win this game. I just can't do it. I've seen too much bad football. I've seen them screw up too many games already this year that they should have won. I'll believe that the Giants can win games when they actually win games. Uh, but what I need to ask you is how do you see this game unfolding? If the Giants are going to win it, you know, what does that look like? And if the Panthers are going to win it, you know, what does that look like? Well, for the Panthers to win, they need to get back to playing the way they played the first three weeks of the year. I mean, that will be hard because they don't have Christian McCaffrey. But Sam Darnold has to – he has to get back to what he was at the beginning of the year. He has to avoid making the mistakes he's made over the last three weeks. He has to be better at finding open receivers and throwing them open and not throwing interceptions or fumbling the ball uh, we have to establish the run we haven't really been able to do that without Christian McCaffrey and we have to all three phases have to come together you know we have to play well on offense defense and special teams but 
for the Giants to win, the Panthers just simply have to keep doing what they've been doing for the last three weeks, which is beat themselves, commit penalties, commit turnovers, uh, not move the ball well down the field. We have not been very good at making halftime adjustments. Our third quarter has been atrocious in all six games we've played this year. I think we've scored one touchdown in the third quarter all season. And we, we tend to get off to slow starts in the second half and then have to play from behind in the fourth quarter. You know, if those things happen, uh, the Giants could very well win this game. Uh, I told you earlier that because I'm a homer, I'm going to pick the Panthers to win, but it's not because I believe they can win. It's because I just, I. It's because I you don't want your readers to be mad at you, Bradley. Want, That's what it is. I want people to be mad at me. That's what it is. And the Panthers <laughs> are favored by three. Uh, the, the current, the current line is Panthers are favored by three. Generally, the, the home team gets three points for being at home. So that tells me Panthers by a touchdown. And that's what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to be something like 23 to 17 or 21 to 14 or 20 to 13, something like that. I don't think this is going to be a shootout. I don't think we're going to see, you know, a, a big 12 college game. I don't, I don't see that happening, but I think it's going to be close and I think it's going to be ugly to watch. Oh, you could be right about that. I mean, obviously the Panthers are without McCaffrey. The Giants will be without Barkley. They'll be without Kenny Galladay. They'll be without um, Andrew Thomas, their starting left tackle. They'll be without Kadarius Toney. So, you know, they're without their best offensive linemen. They're without three of their top playmakers. They've already lost, you know, inside linebacker Blake Martinez for the season. They've lost three of the guys they counted on to be their starting on their starting offensive line. So, so they're beat up. They're a mess. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I at least, I, I at least look at it this way. I'm hoping for something that the giants haven't given us the last two weeks, which is a, at least a competitive football game where, where people at least have a reason to stick around into the fourth quarter. Yeah, I, I I would like to watch that too, you know, regardless of who wins. I don't want this to be a game that I regret watching, which is what I've watched for the last three weeks. And, you know, we're beat up too. We're going to be without Christian McCaffrey. Um, our punt returner is, is hurt. Our um, Shaq Thompson, our middle linebacker, is not going to play. Um, we you mentioned – you meant, I was going to say you mentioned J.C. Horn earlier. J.C. Horn's on injured reserve. Um, I'm trying to think of who else is hurt. Uh, we have um, Pat Elfline could possibly miss the game, so we're going to be a man short on the offensive line. Our offensive line is already terrible. Um, we have little depth. We have little quality depth. And, you know, it's just – it's going to be one of those games where I think it's just going to be whoever makes the fewest amount of mistakes is going to win. Yeah, it's what's really interesting in the NFL when you watch games week after week is it, it, it generally comes down to a handful of plays. And it, it so often comes down to not always, you know, who wins the game, but – which team actually loses the game 
Oh, I know that feeling all too well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Hey, Bradley, really appreciate your time. Appreciate your insight about the Panthers. Uh, Best of luck the the rest of the season, but but not on Sunday because the Giants need a little bit of a break. We need something to smile about over here. So uh, so hopefully the Giants get a win on Sunday. But again, thank you very very much for for hopping on. Why don't you just let people know if they want the uh, the Carolina perspective on uh, on Sunday's game and on everything leading up to it? uh, You know where they can find your work. Uh, you can find me at catscratchreader.com, part of SB Nation. You can find me on Twitter at Smitty. That's where I have all my my wit and um, analysis. And you can also follow us on Twitter at catscratchreader. Uh, and that's reader without this, the last E on the end is R-E-A-D-R because um, we didn't have enough space. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm the managing editor at Cat Scratch Reader, so I basically live there. Um, so if if you want to follow me, that's where you could go. All right. Appreciate it. Uh, Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please remember to uh, stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.